HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. So we're live, Jack. We're live on so, Cooking Issues. First of all, I like this. I like standing next to you guys when you're doing it instead of like just having you in the other room. What do you think, Stas? Yeah, I like it. All right, so Stas, you it's have the cold. questions? Uh, yes. Okay, well, so while, so while Stas, so. we have some questions that were tweeted in about like, uh, you know, things at the Bass Pro Shop. Wait, give me, give me a proper intro, though. Yeah. All right. So like, I forget what I normally say. What do I normally say? I can't even remember. Really? Hello, this is Dave Arnold. I'm so used to like, I got it, I got it, I got it. Hello and welcome to Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the best pro shop in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Joined as usual in the parking lot. With uh, Nastasia the Hammer Lopez, how you doing, Stas? Uh, how you been doing today? Good. Do anything? What do you do? What do you do? Anything fun? <laughs> what do you do? Yes, we made work jobs. And standing next to me, which I appreciate for the first time ever, in the engineering section of the parking lot. That's right. We got Jack Insley, Jackie Molecules. How you doing? I'm great. Nice. All right. So Nastasia and I, uh, Jack didn't didn't get to go in yet, but Nastasia and I just got a sneak peek of uh, the Bass Pro Shop before they open. So it's like a rare time to see the Bass Pro Shops, but it's completely empty. Now, they didn't really want us like milling about on the inside, so we only really saw the kind of cooking area of the section. But to give yeah. you an idea of what a Bass Pro Shop is, for those of you who don't know about a Bass Pro, which, by the way, we're not affiliated with the Bass Pro Shop in any way, shape, form, nope. any, in any way. So it's like kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Disneyland mixed with, a, with an outdoor shop. Would right. you say it's accurate? Yes. Accurate. All right, so for instance, they have a bowling alley. Where all the bowling balls, like some of them are like bass, like fishing things, but they also have great white shark, uh, and they Ooh. like, and the ball returns are like sharks and octopi. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And like the the overheads have like that kind of like fifties like uh, enchantment under the sea prom night action going on, but with like like some sort of like weird like animatronic fishing reef overhead. They have a. <laughs> Yeah, they have like a, they have a, a restaurant there you can hang out and like they you know they have a overflow whole, traffic. They have tonight. a whole bar. Yeah, yeah. And then we're you know we're gonna go bowl a game later on after we're done with the show. And uh, but we're here really to talk about the fact Bass Pro Shops has a very large selection of cooking gear in it, which is really kind of how this is happening. Why we're here, and it's a very interesting intersection. One that uh, I know I'm interested in, and it's it's like. Half kind of hunter-fisher, like, preservation stuff, so a lot of dehydration and a lot of, like, sausage grinding. Like, you can get a pretty big sausage grinder here, uh, but then also just a lot of outdoor cooking in general. Tell them what you want. Like, which part of what I want? The one thing that you would really like to buy from here. But it has nothing to do with cooking. Yes, it does. 
Are you talking about the pontoon no. boat? No. Oh. <laughs> the thing you saw today. Oh, the giant skillet? Yeah. Yes. The or, the, or no. Rig. So, no. So, they, so, so oh, like, I saw the picture of that. That's a big skillet. That's a big, that's a big old skillet. Now, yeah. here's the weird thing. Apparently, that's for, like, camping guides to do it. Use it. But it's Teflon. So, like, it was Teflon-coated. Who the heck is going to put a Teflon-coated pan on an outdoor fire? Because if you overheat the Teflon, done. Done, ski. You know what I mean? That's a good it, point. I would not. Would you? No. But it was Teflon, wasn't yeah, it? It was. That's, it, that's, it, a, that's, I think. A product that I needs love, improvement. I, I love, needs some improvement. Needs to go old school, in fact. Needs to go back in time to an, to an era where they just would season the hell out of their pans before they use them. Now, they do have an, a very large cast iron section, which I appreciate. And I was talking to one of their uh, product uh, sales people, like who, and I was trying to get a, a read off of the guy, kind of what is selling and what's not. Like what's, and uh, apparently, and this is good news for us in general, um, Things like uh, old old style cooking techniques, like uh, like Dutch oven cooking with the with the not like what we're used to, but the ones where you actually have the uh, the lip where you put coals on top of yeah. it and cook outdoor, like outdoor camp cooking in a in a in a cast iron Dutch oven. He says that's really coming back, making a resurgence, and they're going to teach classes uh, and whatnot here that's later on, on that outdoor kind of cooking. But what I want uh, more to Nastasia's point is. I've kind of had my eye for a while on this thing called a cowboy grill. You seen this, Jack? No, I haven't. Stas, why don't you? I uh, know you explain. So it's kind of like a combination fire pit slash uh, slash outdoor grill. Oh, say that again. Can Howdy. you say so, that on so radio? We're on, the, we're on the radio show. What oh, brings you, you to are. what brings you to Bass Pro tonight, ma'am? Well, I'm a Bridgeport kid, grown, birthed in Bridgeport Hospital, Bridgeport Hospital ICU medicine. I'm a nurse. I opened a home care company, Abundant Care, right here in Bridgeport. Shoot. I drove up and down the street for 15 years watching people get killed, literally, with the potholes. I got nails, potholes, and Mayor Finch owes me a lot of money. <laughs> but I'm down here now. So why don't you tell people what this particular neighborhood where we were was like before this went in? Oh, my gosh. Carpenter Steel. Carpenter Steel right along the water. Okay. Um, Pleasure Beach. The boats. The docks. The ferry. Port Jeff Ferry. Okay. Forever right in this area. Then you got Seaview, which will swing you right up to Bridgeport Hospital, right? Perfect. Got to get on and off. Got to get the EMTs up, and that's my story. But do you think? But do you think that uh, having something like this here is going to bring a lot more people to the region? Absolutely. You know the jobs that they're going to create. I hear, I hear through the grapevine that Mario Batali is going to come in to Main Street, the Chew, right next to Ralph and Richie. That's going to be cool. Well, let, me, let me ask. Do you think that's true? Is it Batali coming here, Stas? That would be oh, I good. Heard that. I heard that from her, the restaurant. Her boyfriend is the chef at Del Posto, which is one of uh, Batali's like flagship restaurants. I haven't so. heard anything, but that would be well, great. I think it's kind of the wraps. Ray Sinto knows about that. I'll drop it. Did you say you heard it from the restaurant guys? Oh, the restaurant guys. They used to be on our radio station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look at that. Big, uh, dinner tonight for a whole bunch of restaurant guys. La Colivere, uh, Ralph and Richie. If the restaurant guy uh, said it, I think it's going to happen. Got it. I mean, can you imagine coming here? That would be amazing for Bridgeport. Well, maybe maybe a culinary scoop here. That's right. I think we just got a scoop. Maybe a, maybe we have a, a culinary scoop here on Cooking Your Shoes from the Bass Pro Shop yeah. parking lot. Yeah. You get Ray Sinto to cook. He's the best cook I've ever known, and he can cook. I know some pretty good cooks, though. Mm-hmm. Open house on Thanksgiving. Sure, it's good for business. Abundant care. Right. I want to come. I got the Napa Reserve. I do. <laughs> awesome. I was in Napa in uh, June. I was out there for uh, my brother got sick and my sister and I went out. She got sick. I drove a car. Got lost in the valley. Brought home 36 cases of reserve. <laughs> you heard it here first. Thank you for nice. joining Cooking Issues. Nice. Enjoy. So, well, okay. 
not our normal. That's great. Not our normal, but nice. What if that actually happened? What if we broke? <laughs> Listen, I'm a nurse, and I got to take care of these kids around here. Yeah, yeah. Take care That's right. What if, what if we broke the news <laughs> of a new Mario Batali yeah. restaurant? Pretty sure we just did. I from it's Terry Lodge. I don't know. Anyway, so... Uh, back to what we were talking about. Yeah. So they have two. So so the thing that I want is this thing called a cowboy grill, and what it is, it's it's a fire pit, but it has like a, a expanded metal grate over it, so that you can cook on the fire pit, but you can rip the grate off. But the other cool thing is it's got like an old school swing arm, like for uh, like a kettle that you can hang over it, and it's got a rotisserie on it that you can like hand crank. So it's like kind of like one stop shopping for cooking outside and for fire. Pit. My only problem is is that. You know, uh, like Miley Carpenter, my sister-in-law, Wiley Dufresne, the chef. So they have a really kind of a nice fire pit, but their fire pit is like that kind of steel that like just rusts to a certain point, but never rusts any more than that. Uh-huh. So it stays outside all the time. This thing has got that black paint on it, so you know it's going to rust out. Mm-hmm. You know, they said it's going to rust out. Well, what is? Yeah, that's what he said. He also, maybe but listen, look, they seem like very nice people, but they were trying to convince me. You know, you know what the top seller is right now, Jack? Here? No. They call it oilless fryer. Oh no! Oilless turkey fryer. What? Stas is making her oilless fryer face, which isn't the vegan face. It's more no. like the what kind of nonsense is that face? Yeah. It's kind of like smiling because mm. obviously, like if you if you put the words oilless and fried together, you've just lied. Mario Batali would not use that product. No, oilless fryer. And the guy's like, it's just like it's that you fried it. I'm like, well, then you're frying wrong. Mm. Then you're frying wrong. See, like I like. Right? It's just not right. Weird. Do you know what I'm going to invent? How does it work? Do you know what I... It, it, it's just... It I doesn't. think it's just a roasted... It doesn't. <laughs> he, the guy really liked it, but it, it can't. So, can, can I talk about an invention that I'm going to make? Yeah. That I don't think I'm going to... We're going to sell it ever. So, I don't think it's going to... I don't think I have to worry about patenting it because I'm never going to sell it. I am going to make the low-volume oil... This is for turkeys and pigs and cows. Ready? The low-volume oil spray fryer. Right, so it's like a washing machine, but instead of spraying detergent and hot water, it's going to spray freaking hot oil. So you can have a small amount of oil, right, with like a, like an intense little heater, and fry anything that you can fit into a dishwasher by, by spraying it. By, by well, it's just going to be like you know how like oh, okay. Right. So the way that I finish something large when I don't have a deep fryer is I heat a thing of oil and then I'll ladle hot fat over it. So that's how like you know if I have to do turkey like at my in-laws' house or at my mom's house, I'll go outside, I'll superheat the oil, put the oil on a grill to keep it at the right temperature, which is unsafe. Please, I don't want to hear it. And then like I ladle, I'll, like ladle the hot fat over the stuff to crisp up the skin. The same way that like uh, in a restaurant when you're cooking, uh, and this is the, the secret that. I don't know why home cooks haven't figured this out yet, but you have the hot pan with the fat in it. You tip the pan back with a spoon, and you baste the hot fat over the thing to get the other side warm and nice, right? That's, that's how you do it. Which You never see people do that at home. You ever see people do that at home, no. Stas? But every single restaurant cook knows what, how to do that. Why doesn't everyone know how to do that? It's just so know. simple. Yeah. I think it's because people don't put enough fa- uh, fat in the pan when they're doing stuff anyway, so they don't have anything to like baste over the top. But anyway... Uh, you know, if you're the one person who listens to this show that didn't already know that, congrats. Like, you're now you're part of the club. Yeah. But, the, uh, but the point is, is, imagine if you did that in a, uh, in like, in something the size of a dishwasher, and it was just like, spraying hot oil around. The real question is the safety interlocks, because mm. imagine if you opened up the, the dishwasher-style thing when the oil was still spraying. It's like, ah! Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I got to work It's got to lock. 
It's got a, well, it's got a lock and it's got to take. So if you ever use a combi oven jack, those things like usually you have to pop it once it turns off, then you pop right. it again to open it. Right. So that you're not like otherwise you could like just open it and the steam is like whoosh, yep. right in your face, bad. which is bad, considered bad. I'm sure it happened to the first few people, especially because like the rationale, which is like the first big combi oven that uh, a lot of people got in the United States, it's like German. And so I bet they were like, was the instructions say not to do this? So why would you ever open it when it's on? You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure the early German ones, you could just like scald your face off because everyone who owned it just followed the instructions. Where as soon as it comes to, you know, America, we're like, you know, I don't read any, I don't read any concern instructions. And then they opened it, and you know, some dude scalded their face off and looked like a peeled grape. Yes. And then they, uh, you know, they had to like, you know, put all these safety interlocks on. Anyways, anyways, hey, I have to jump in here and say that I'm, I'm thrilled. We're getting tweets that people are listening live. This really? is actually working. So people are actually listening to us live yeah. in the back. Okay, so so his name is a Moose Douche. Oh, I love on that guy. Twitter, yeah, yeah, listening. We're, live. we're buddies. Yeah, and this, he says he uh, he wants an autograph on a on a on a board like that. I don't really know what this means. We do, we I don't take have an autograph, like maybe that. on a booze board to match the one have, I already we, have. We, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have one with me. But the um, do you want a question? Yeah, oh, give yeah, me a question. Okay, questions. here's a Twitter question. At okay. uh, Scooter Zachheim says, "I'm making a deboned injected turkey cooked over hot stuffing this week. Temp temperature thoughts: 350, 375, 400 stuffing temp. Thanks. Wait, wait you mean for the finish? Presumably for the finish. Presumably. Let me see. Let me see these questions. So. I'm making a D-bone injected turkey cooked over... Okay, cooked over hot stuffing. Mm. So if you're not going to low temp it at all... but See, usually what I'll do is I'll low temp it for a while and put it over to flash it up. But, yeah, I think high is good. If the stuffing is really nice and hot, I think you could go high. Yeah, I think you go on the higher side, like in the fours, right? If you deboned it, you could probably go in, like, the, the mid-fours and, like, throw it over the thing and just wait for the skin to crisp up and it should be good. I think it's going to work. Here's one uh, that Jack just got. There we got a chat question here. So he's got a food safety question, a weird one. He makes food for his cat, and he buys a vitamin bone meal mix that's meant to be mixed with raw chicken. He gets his raw chicken from a Bushwick grocery store. Bushwick! Yeah. However, so he's been chopping it into chunks and quickly frying it with the idea of killing any nasties hanging out on the outside. Is there a better way to do this that's simple and quick? He's a cat that used to literally eat garbage in bed so I don't worry too much about him, but I always wonder if there's a better way to do this. Uh, That's a good question. So there's a whole school of thought on uh, animal foods, and there's a whole school of thought specifically on uh, food needing to be raw that you feed the animals. And I've always wondered why, but I I don't know whether it's just animals don't get foodborne viruses or not. Um... But the other problem is, is did they say that they boned it out or is it, oh, it's got bone meal mixed with raw chicken. But the chicken, if you cook a chicken bone, it's really bad because then it starts splintering. So mm, you have to be okay. careful of that. So what are they doing? They're frying it. No, there's no simple, I don't know of any simple way other than like a fast, like a super fast high heat. I mean, you could just throw it, like the chunks of chicken into like a five jillion degree oven for like, you know, ten minutes and kill anything on the outside, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know of anything. It's going to be super. I mean, like, because I don't know whether your cat's going to enjoy it if you dipped it in bleach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you could probably. I dip guess you it, could dip it in bleach, but I don't know if your cat's going to enjoy that so much. I know my dog, who's incredibly picky, would not. No bone. Yeah, no bones. Sure. Oh, no bones. The, maybe someone in the uh, no, no bones. bones. Oh, yeah. Maybe someone in the in the uh, in the chat room verse can like has some experience because I have to say I just feed. My dog, like, 
you know, like store-bought crappy food. store-bought food. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, next yeah. question. All right. Joe Hanley, New York City, says, Dave, can you send out the name of the squid guts fish sauce you talked about at the MoFad Labs? It's event? called Ishiri. So the fish gut sauce that we use is made exclusively from the guts and blood of squid, and it's called Ishiri. It's from Ishikawa in Japan, and it's carried by the Mutual Trading Corporation uh, in Secaucus, New Jersey. And what you do is you just... Uh, uh, the, if you call them in advance, they will uh, send it into their store in Manhattan. But if you go to Mutual Trading uh, Company, they can, they can get it. And I also found out that True World Foods carries my other favorite uh, Japanese fish sauce, IU, mm-hmm. and they can get that. So True World Foods. So those are the two sources uh, for the ones. But go get some Ishiri because, as I've said, I think on the show before, and I said live at the museum event, uh, it is a dead ringer for the garum sociarum that was spe- uh, specifically made out of mackerel guts. That I had, I had the, I had Sally Granger, who, as I said, is the is the ex- world expert on Roman fish sauces. It was her personal stock of two year old uh, garum that she had mixed uh, to the recipes as best she could. Dead ringer Ishiri. So if you want to go Roman. Go get yourself some Ishiri from Mutual Trading Corporation. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Bass Pro. We're we're on a show called Cooking Issues that deals with uh, kind of uh, cooking cooking techniques and, and problems. What? Oh yeah. Oh nice. All right. So I've been doing it for forty years. You can hold my mic. Oh, I'm talking. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want, you're live. So what? So what brings you? Are you doing a barbecue here later? No, no. I just came to see the shop. It's about time they have something like this in this area. It's Tell me about that it. People don't realize there's enough hunters and fishermen in Connecticut and I, I think people would be surprised if the place is packed. I think a lot of people <laughs> don't understand what Connecticut is once you get right off the highway. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. There's a lot, a lot of forest land here and, and everything. The lakes, there's a great up north of uh, Danbury, you got Candlewood and everything. So some great fishing. Uh, Norwalk River goes all the way up to Danbury. Great trout fishing through there. Yeah, so, are you currently doing pit barbecue in Kentucky? And I'm just from Norwalk. Here? Oh, you're Norwalk. I, I live in Norwalk right now. Oh, I'm yeah. From Kentucky originally. So, what's I've been the pit barbecue for more than forty years? What's so. the style uh, in Kentucky as opposed to, let's say, like in North Carolina or something like? So, what's the style well, of barbecue? Kentucky. It's more of a western. I'm from Western Kentucky and West Kentucky, West Tennessee, which is Memphis. Okay. So that's the style of barbecue you're going to find. A light rub. Uh, when you uh, pit smoke your meat, it's uh, usually hickory and white oak or oak, okay, and maybe some fruit trees, wood. And then what we do is we burn the wood offset and then shovel the coals underneath the meat, let the grease hit the, hit the coals, and it smokes up, and it's actually a science to it. Now, are, are most people, so I know that in the mid, I would say in the early to mid-90s, almost everyone who was doing uh, professionally on the coast anyway, over in Carolina, almost everyone had switched over to gas. And there was only a few holdouts left that were splitting wood and making their own, doing their own stuff. Do you feel that it's come back, that it's gone the other way, or is it just neighborhood to neighborhood? It's What it is is, is area, okay? You're not going to find that gas down in Kentucky and Tennessee or Alabama or even Georgia, really. Uh, you taste the fuel on the meat if you're using gas. You actually taste it. Uh, there's a barbecue place up here in Fairfield. Okay, I, don't, I won't say the name, but you, if when you eat his meat, you can taste the fuel. You know, my bar, uh, my pit in my backyard in, in Norwalk, I don't ever use gas or anything. I just use straight wood, and you never taste the fuel. You taste smoke. Yeah, and and so what, do you do it? Do you sell professionally, or just do it for yourself? I, I, I uh, do it for myself, and then people will ask me to do it for them. And uh, I, I charge a little money for it. And I did 30, 
31 turkeys last Thanksgiving, probably more than that this year for, for different people. So you think, like, in places like Kentucky, those guys never switched over to gas? No, 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 no. They won't do it. Nice. It's All the right. way they are. Deep South is like that. They won't touch the gas. Well, you know, like in eastern North Carolina, which is where I used to spend uh, most of my time eating barbecue back in the day, like I say, there were very few people that held on to it. Now, I know, like, that area of North Carolina really kind of moved to uh, – use technology not just in that but in many things like the way their hands are produced and stuff like that right. but i was just wondering i guess luckily that never uh reached over you you uh, like kentucky ham oh yeah yeah yes. i like country ham you know the, yeah the you like uh, you like newsom's mm-hmm. I, I don't know newsom's um who do you like over Bra- there broadbent oh i like broadbent they're good yeah, broadbent, you got finchville you like finchville finchville and uh the, you got t- uh, in tennessee you got um uh, and i can't think of the name of it uh, i'm not sure if that's no, uh, it's um, Smith, not, not Smithfield. That's that's another product. I can't remember it, but it, uh, down in Tennessee is a great place for ham, country ham like that. But Broadbent, where, where I'm from, yep. is big. Yeah, nice. All righty. So, and well, what's anyway, your name? Richard Dunn. Richard Dunn. Well, thank you so much. Yes, sir. I thank appreciate you for it. letting me talk to you a little bit here. And yeah. If you ever need some advice about smoking or pit, pit barbecuing, I, I do it all. I do Salmon was one of my favorites. People love smoked salmon. It only takes about four hours to do that one. Brisket, shoulders, takes a lot longer, you know, 12, 15. Sometimes even if you get a full shoulder with the the butt and the picnic together, it takes about 24 hours. Oh, nice. So, you know, I take my time. It's slow and slow. Keep it between 180 and 320. Nice. Nice. Beautiful. Well, does real well. Enjoy the the store. I am. I am. Y'all take care. Thank you. Great to have you around. All right. Thank you so much. There we go. All right, so what's the different, next question Different kind here? of call-in, huh? We got a call? No, that was oh, a different like kind a of call, call right yeah. there. So, uh, let's see. Bag cost says no mushroom is under vac. Is this only for botulism? Okay for cook, but not for hold? Yeah. Yeah. Is exactly okay. right. So, you, with the problem with uh, mushrooms in a bag is, is it's fine. Is it, look, mushrooms are like the classic going to give you poisoning, botulism poisoning. It's the classic because they're typically, if you're going to can mushrooms, let's say, or, or jar them, you're going to do them at a relatively, um, it's not going to be high acid. It's going to be low acid product, right? Because do you like your, do you like like high acid mushrooms? Do you like, I like pickled mushrooms actually, like really highly yeah, vinegar. I, I like yeah, them. I do. But like a lot of times people can it, they want it to taste more like a mushroom mushroom. And so those things, you have to can them pretty hard to make sure you're killing all the, you ready for it, Stas? Spores. Yeah, so you got to kill all the spores on it. And so like that's that's really what the problem is. And, and when you do a, a vacuum bag, you're never going to do that. So uh, yeah, but it's not unsafe. It's just safe to treat it like, like it's been preserved. If you keep it in the fridge and you eat it within a reasonable amount of time, it's fine. I will say this. I love cooking mushrooms in a bag because mushrooms are like sponges. And when you put it in a vacuum bag, you can inject the mushrooms with it with like a boat ton of flavor. And then when you do like you like low temp it for a little while in the bag, you pull them out. Oh my God, I'm taking on that guy. There it is. Pull them out and you uh, (laughs) hit them with the, uh, you you hit them in the pan and they still retain some of that flavor even though a lot of the actual juice comes off. So you can infuse mushrooms with a good bit of flavor. He's asking if he can ISI mushroom infuse them with vinegar too. Probably. He's also typing with his thumbs on a phone. If you're vinegar, then you're going to be safer. You know what I mean? If it's going to be high in vinegar. But you could ISI. The problem with ISI infusion is, uh, you know, go on Amazon and look on the section on uh, on, uh, vacuum infusion in liquid intelligence because I believe that's in the look inside. And um, the problem with with infusing in in, uh, that kind of infusion is that the, uh, the ECs are really good 
when you want to get flavor out of something. But when you want to put flavor into something, you have to worry that when you're depressurizing, you're not pulling the stuff out. So we actually would have to stick the mushrooms in a bag with the flavor, shove that into the EC with liquid around it, and then inject the pressure in. And usually I have to do it twice. So, yes, it can be done. But for the technique to really get it done right, look, at the, look on the look inside in Amazon on the liquid intelligence. And you can, you can see a full set of pictures to figure out how to do it. I, I, I do it for the, uh, cu- the cucumber martini. But... Uh, that's a new accent. What is that one? I don't know. I that don't was kind of... Martini. Uh, I don't know. know what that is. It's someone who enjoys what they're doing. They think it's very classy. The martini. Martini. Ready? Ma. Yeah, sure. What do you got? <laughs> At Ryan S. Barnett says, could I use cow Mexicana in place of lye for lye-soaked eggs? No. Uh, the So 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 cal is, uh, you know, what is used for nixtamalization, uh, calcium hydroxide. And it, you cannot get a high enough pH with that to do the lye eggs. What they use is calcium oxide, uh, which is a much, um, much higher strength base. You might be able to do uh, you might be able to do the uh, Harold McGee bake out of the baking soda to get a much more you know anywhere you bake out the baking soda you turn it from bicarbonate to sodium carbonate. That might be enough, but I'm not sure. I've only ever used straight lie but the, what you're looking for is a certain ph so we published the recipe online didn't we at I one think point somewhere in cooking issues somewhere yeah. on cooking issues backlog so if you i mean it would be possible to look up the molarity we used and then and then look up what the what the ph of that molarity of lie would be and to mimic that with um with calcium uh carbonate not bicarbonate so i say calcium sodium carbonate not not or probably calcium oxide i think isn't it calcium oxide they use? Not calcium hydroxide. I had to look it up. I'm doing it off the top of my head. But cal is not very soluble and can, is never going to reach the pH of the stuff that we were doing the lye eggs in is enough to, like, not want to dip your hands into. Whereas I'll put my hands into a container of nixtamal anytime. Oh, he, and he wants here. to know what ratio to H2O for quail eggs. Where, for what? For what technique? I think he was at your MOPAD thing. I didn't use quail eggs at oh, most. Really? Then I have no idea. What do we? What do? Quail eggs. What ratio? To I got some quail eggs. I quail got quail eggs. eggs at home. What should I do with them? Uh, what do you want to do with them? I don't know. They're like quail eggs are good. A dozen quail eggs. In my quail fridge. eggs are good, like raw over like uh, soba. That makes sense. Or like uh, I also they're fun like hard boiled. Hard boiled quail eggs. Or you eggs, can do cool. like a, like it's hard. To, the problem with quail eggs is that if you want to do like a fun soft boil thing, they're really hard to peel because the membrane around the white is really tough. So what I do is I do uh, I have one of those little like cigar chomping quail egg cutters oh, nice. because I'm very fancy. As Styles likes to point out, I'm a very fancy man. <laughs> and so like I have it. But what, the trick with it is is you have to take the shell off of both sides, not one. And then it, uh, you take your pinky and boop. Okay. Boop right through it and knock it out. I'm not sure. I didn't use quail eggs at the I thing. I don't know what he's I got to figure about. out what, what, what you're talking about. I, I did hameen eggs. Right. Oh, so you Hello. could do. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Howdy. We're doing cooking issues. You won't remember me, but I'm FCI graduate. Oh yeah. 2011. Oh How nice, doing? beautiful. How you doing? Well, look. yourself. Doing well. So, you, like, you have a restaurant here? Actually, I have a catering business out here. Yeah, it nice. Right down the street, actually, in the same road. Oh, What's beautiful. It uh, festive food caterers. Festive nice. food caterers. Are you yeah. excited about the Bass Pro Shops? You know what? It's been a long time coming. I've lived here 33 years, and for the last 20 years, this was nothing but you know broken down abandoned houses and to have this here it's amazing I mean, yeah i haven't seen this many cars in this neighborhood in probably about 
20, 25 years. Usually when, when you get 4th of July, you get this many cars parked so they could see the fireworks. Other than that, it would have been a, just a lot, empty lot. This is exciting. I mean, I drive past here a lot, and you said there's nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing here. I mean, it's, it's so exciting. You know, living here 33 years and seeing it develop from what it was to what it became to what it is now, it's amazing. It's so you think it's going to help in general, like bring us, is that going to be good for business, for restaurants? or? It definitely is. You know what I mean? It's... Uh, they actually called me for a couple of catering events. Uh, Starbucks called me for one catering event. So you know what? Before, who was I going to cater to this empty lot? There was no one here. Right. So you know what? I mean, I might not get all the catering events, but at least I'm one of the ones that are getting the events because they're, you know, they're noticing that we're out here. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm glad you're out here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, we know we were like, uh, we saw the Bass Pros going up. We love Bass Pro, so we were That's coming to the awesome. opening. Where were you? Are you in New York or are you out here? No, New York. That's awesome. Yeah, coming up from New York City. So we do a we do a radio show now called uh, Cooking Issues on the Heritage Radio Network. It's an extension of the blog that we used to do at that's FCI. Awesome. Yeah. So. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's awesome. So give us the name of your catering place again. Festive Food Caterers. Nice. Out of Bridgeport, right near the Bass Pro shops. Right. So you know when you come to Bass Pro, and if you're going to have like a party or a tailgate or something, you need someone to come cater it. Maybe. Yeah, there you go. I probably have a card with me. Nice. nice. There you go. Thank you, Chef. Thank you, and it's always a pleasure to see you out here. Oh, nice. No, it's only a few people that can remember from say and you were one of them. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Take care, bye-bye. So, quail eggs. Getting lots so of love So, if you want to do a hameen egg, maybe, maybe they want to do a hameen egg. A hameen egg are like where you cook a... I've never done a hameen quail egg. Anyway, hameen eggs, for those of you that don't know, is uh, if you cook an egg for a long, long time, the egg, egg whites are more alkaline than most things that we eat. And because uh, alkalinity, uh, you know... Uh, accelerates Maillard reaction or like allows Maillard reaction to happen at lower temperatures, you can get brown, toasty-tasting eggs that are, um, that are delicious just by pressure cooking them. So uh, I would say for a quail egg, because you're trying to do uh, uh, the hameen thing, you would cook it as long as you would a chicken egg, which would mean about an hour. So I would put them in water, let them come up to temperature, um, for you know, uh, to simmer so they don't get broken. Put pressure on it for about uh, 45 minutes to an hour, and then let the pressure come down naturally. Do not uh, push it down. Anyway, all right. All right so uh, we got next, any, any more questions? Stas is trying to look up the questions on my look, phone, yeah, no, but I'm the problem is, is my phone in. is also our connection to the outside no, know, world. It's, so. not, it's not doing anything. Uh, oh, do we lose the connection on our computer for questions? No, oh no, we're good. All right, okay. So. I'll just start yammering about other stuff at the at the Bass Pro. So yeah, so they're saying that the big seller this oh, year favorite series all camping application from Do- Joel Stoop. Stoop. All. No, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, what well, depends on what you're doing when you're camping, kind of how you're how you're rolling. So, I you know I did uh, I brought uh, flour out with me, and so I was doing um, we we're doing pizzas. Uh, and I really enjoyed being able to finish the top of the pizza off with the searzol. Um, you know, also, I had good luck with fish. Also, I was out on a river. I had really good luck, like, doing, like, because, like, let's say you you're, you're have a camp and you're camping there for a couple of days, but then you want to go out and almost, like, kind of cook, like, picnic style, like, on a river. You can bring, like, the sears all with you. We did, like, um, grilled cheese and, and things like that. So that, you know, was the stuff we kind of had. Um, we had a lot of good luck with. But when you're cooking over a campfire, it's a lot of times useful to have a directed small thing of flame that you can just hit. So it just it's something that comes up a lot when you're cooking over the campfire. So, for instance, like I was cooking pan.
pancakes. I think I talked about this on the show once, but I was cooking pancakes and the pan was too hot over the fire. And so they were cooking too fast on the one side. So I'd use the Searsall to rapid set the top of the pancake so I could flip it without ruining it. Right. So, you know, stuff like that. It's good for it's good for stuff like that. At Nothing Mark asks, what's the best wood for smoking beef? Jeez, I don't know. Like, uh, I, you know, th- there's a huge school of thought saying that, it, that as long as you're not using a wood that doesn't have a high resin content, so for instance, like, you know, uh, well, any resinous wood, that you're going to be basically okay. And so, like, you can't really as, tell the difference between, I don't know whether I believe this, but you can't really tell the difference between, because I've never done the test, between like a hickory wood, let's say, and a fruit wood like an apple wood. But then there are woods that definitely have their own uh, flavor. So if you're using a there's a big difference between using chips to make smoke and actually coals. I think once you're making something into a coal, then I don't think it's going to be adding a lot of flavor on its own. But the chips clearly have different aromas. I don't really know. Depends on what you like. Like, what do you like? Do you like stuff? I was what do you surprised like? to hear that that guy said fruit tree wood. Well, fruit. No, he's he's burning wood down to coals and using it. He's not like using chips and oh. smoking them. He's doing like coals that are providing smoke but also heat. So that's different. So I think that's kind of a fundamental like difference. Like when you, if you're just using like uh, dust or chips and smoldering them, it's a very different thing in terms of the quality of the s- smoke or what it's what the smoke's imparting, as opposed to like what what I would call like clear coal off of that. So for something like clear coal, like people like hickory because hickory has a fantastically high uh, fuel value per pound. Like it just is like a very uh, has a very high. Um, it's it's a good fuel. It's also a good wood and a delicious nut. Right. Elliot Papinow wants to know: Would you make trail mix over the fire? You mean like when you say trail mix? What do you mean by trail mix? Like what do you think? Like nuts you, and are you really thinking Chex mix? Because that I you could. Ch- yeah. <laughs> I, like Chex mix is some straight up delicious stuff. Yeah. Jack, what are your thoughts on Chex mix? Oh yeah, I love it. You love Chex mix. Love right? Chex mix. Yeah. Well, that needs to come back. I feel like it's gone somewhere. I haven't I had it in so long. Muddy Buddy Chex Mix is really good, too. Who's, what's what's oh, Muddy Buddy? Buddy is crazy. What's Muddy Buddy? It's like just ch- Chex Mix with like a shit ton of chocolate on it. Right? Yeah? Chocolate, and peanut, like butter, peanut butter, and, and white, that powdered sugar. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. So what? Good. So you buy Chex Mix and then you dump melted no, chocolate? No, 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 no. It comes Chex like mix. that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You no, buy? No, no, you no. Know. You make it. Wait, what? Uh, they, sell they sell it. They sell it. They sell it made like this. Well, now. well, Nastasia's oh, yeah. mom takes exception. Wait, Muddy exception. Buddy Chex Mix was like a homemade thing before it was a prepackaged yeah. thing. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, so, just yeah. want to describe That's the techniques. Did your mom make the you, Chex Mix? No, my friend's mom's did. Uh, you like melt chocolate into the Chex, and then whoa, 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 whoa. Chex Mix. You got the the mix, the salt, oh, no, the butter. Into Chex, into Chex. Straight Chex, not Chex Mix. Yes. Okay. Just into Chex. Because Chex Mix know, is Chex plus stuff and salt and butter. This which is, is just money checks. in the bank. And I think it's chocolate and um, peanut butter. Peanut butter and like uh, powdered what kind of sugar. Che- what kind of checks do you enjoy for this like, operation? I don't, I don't care. I guess rice. Wow. Rice checks? Yeah. I was thinking you were going to say rice. Now, are you a believer in the cereal Crispex? Do you remember I, Crispex? Oh, I used to eat that. Yeah, so it looks kind of like, imagine if checks turned into an elongated stop sign <laughs> and one half was rice and the other half was corn. Yeah. yeah. Crisp, mm-hmm. cri- Crispex. I used to Crispex. like it. I used to like it. Yeah, it's good. I like Chris Beck. All right, so we should do one more question and then wrap up in five minutes. All right, all right, all right. Give me some more questions then. Uh, at Rem is buzzing. If you cu- if you quick agar clarify juice and you massage the sack too hard, any way of rescuing juice with agar in? Any way of rescuing juice with agar in? Yeah. 
So I'm pretty sure that they – so what we're talking about here is with quick agar clarification, uh, you, you put it through like a, a, like a, a filter, like a, a linen napkin or like a very fine grain. I even hate – I hate the words coming out of my mouth, cheesecloth, because I know that someone's going to go buy that big rancid stuff, big hole rancid yeah. stuff that they sell. Yeah. It's useless. I don't even think that stuff's holes are small enough to keep freaking flies out. I think that it's a fundamentally useless, nonsense piece of crap. Yikes. I don't know why they sell it. I don't know what it's good for. I think, like, I think it's good just for making me angry and for nothing else. How many people's food in the world over the years have been ruined by buying that crap that they think is cheesecloth but is not? Can't say. I don't know. It's not even good for gauze because it's not sterilized. It's useless. It's without use. It makes me angry. I don't know if you can tell that. It's good for crafting. Like for what? Ghosts. Um, oh, yeah. Um, like mummy? Yeah. Like mummies? Okay. All right, all right. Rehabilitated. If it, but it should say fake mummy fabric on it, and nothing else. So, anyways, so uh, if you have massage, so what, what you do is is you make an uh, like an agar, uh, you make an agar set agar gel, uh, two up zero point two percent, two grams per liter, not twenty. I've had people do that a million times. You break it up into a, into a curd. You put it into what we call the sack, and then you get the clear juice out. But what you have to do with your hands is hear that? Can you hear that? No, not not on this mic. I'm massaging the sack, and so what it is 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 you have to g- gently, ever so gently and gingerly hold the sack and massage the sack to clear the pores, such that the clear liquid can drip out. But if you squeeze the sack, you squeeze it. What's going to happen is you're going to extrude the agar through the sack, and then not only do you have a damaged sack, which nobody enjoys. But you have cloudy juice, which also nobody enjoys. Uh, now, the question that we have here is, can you, can you somehow refilter the, the agar out of the cloudy sack? And i got to say, I don't know. Like, uh, you could try putting it through a straight coffee filter at that point, but I have a feeling that you might be in trouble. What you can do is just let it settle for a couple of hours and maybe rack the stuff off, uh, off the top. But you might, you might be, as my good friends say, S-O-L. That's right. Yeah. And I have a Or you can wait a couple of months and buy one of our centrifuges. Buy one of our centrifuges. Then it will be clear. There you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, at Mr. Chris Wright says, do you know anyone who might be interested in a free centrifuge? The unit has been displaying a lid error and needs some work. What so, kind of centrifuge is it? No say? explanation. But if anybody wants to know, just tweet him at Mr. Chris Wright. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. Mr. like M-R? Like M-R. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Chris, don't give up on your centrifuge. Like, like, let me know the, what were you you singing? What song were you? With the Starsky and Hutch. Oh, how does it go? I don't know. Is is Never Give Up part of the lyrics? Don't give up. Don't give up? Yeah. (laughs) See, because I was having, I was rickrolling myself in my head when I was saying never going to give, yeah, never going to give you up, because that's why I went for my centrifuge. Rickrolling yourself in your head. Yeah, so the video is playing in my head right now, (laughs) as opposed to the, normally what's playing in my head is is the elves jumping into the wood chippers. And it just got interrupted with the rickroll. Yeah, yeah, so I think I'm tuning into my own head and seeing the elves jumping into the wood chipper over and over again, and instead I tune into my head and Rick Astley is there, which is... I mean, worst. worst. Although you know who likes Rick Astley, Booker, my son Booker. Really? Because his his girlfriend, friend who is a girl who maybe someday will be his girlfriend, likes Rick Astley for some like unknown reason. Strange. I mean, his voice is not bad. Rick Astley's voice is not bad. No. Anyway, so back. But I got to finish this before we go. Do we have any more questions? 
No, we should go in and interview some people, which we could. All right, hold on. before we sign off live, though, uh, so they have this thing called an oilless fryer. Okay. We already talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to go investigate. Should we buy one of these things? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's not expensive. It's on sale. Now would be the time, right? Now would be the time. What, and they have Patrick at Heritage? By the way, there's still time Let's get to order another... a Heritage turkey. Yeah. There is still time. From, from Heritage Meats. And I've cooked them uh, many times. It, they're good. I mean, like... We should just get, like, a butter ball. Oh, another thing for Bass Pro Shops, before you mention... Yeah, do it with a crap. But yeah. I'm not saying that... No offense to the Butterball Corporation. No, no but, offense. Uh, another thing I'll say is they do carry outdoor deep fryers here made by a company that I've heard is very good called Cajun... Uh, like C- Cajun something... Oh, my God. It's out of my head. But it is, in fact, a semi-professional deep fryer with a cold zone. And it's meant to hook up to a propane tank, and it's meant to live outside. So anyone who's interested in the idea of having a fryer outdoors, as I now have had for several months and can endorse now as a good idea, they sell them here, and they have a pop-down lid on them that covers them up so that the oil gets covered up. So give it a try. Come on down to Bridgeport. And I hear it's a good company. Come down, come down, uh, Bass Pro Shops, and uh, we'll catch you later on Cooking Cooking Issues. Woo!